in a war that started well before 2019. Secrets have been buried deep beyond the pale. We're here to reveal the truth. It's time for Vaccine War Headlines. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war. This is a war. Vaccine War Headlines. This is volume 46. Let's first cover the current VAERS reports, shall we? This is the beginning of year three, and we are back with a vengeance because, as you know, lately, so much has come out about the dangers of blood clots and heart attacks and all those things that we were showing you that they were warning back then that just the major media wouldn't tell you about. Mm -hmm. So the truth is now finally coming around. Uh, it's, It's taken a year, a year and a half, but people are finally opening their eyes. And one of the biggest things that opened everyone's eyes just happened, unfortunately, this Monday night. Now, we're not saying that DeMar's injury was caused by the vaccine. We're not saying that. We are not saying that DeMar had a heart attack due to the vaccine. I'm not saying that. Um, That was an incident that appeared to be impact-related. The word, the final word will come out on that later. I, I'm I'm not a doctor. I wasn't there, so I'm not saying that. But what it did do, 100%, what it did do was made people ask that question, and it opened up the dialogue on the new free speech Twitter, the ability for us to talk about it. Sure, you still get yelled at, but at least we can talk about the question of what really happened and does this vaccination actually cause, I know I use that word lightly, actually cause (laughs) side effects. So when it comes to does it actually cause side effects, we want to look at the actual reports, the reports that the government admits to. Right. So what report is that? Tell us about it. That is the VAERS COVID report. The VAERS COVID vaccine adverse events reports. Okay. Now VAERS has been along, been around for longer than COVID. Everybody knows that. But not everybody knew that people who had adverse events for any vaccine could report on theirs. Since COVID came about and people started digging deeper, we have um, kind of been a little more aware, right? So I put some comparisons in here this time. Our last report was September 30th. Our last numbers that we reported was September 30th of 2022. Since then, it has grown in the reports by 57,693 more added as of December 23rd. Now, these are the most current numbers we have on VAERS, December 23rd of 2022. So even though it's January of 2023, Our numbers are only good through December 23. So as of December 23, 2022, 1,490,160 reports to the COVID vaccine adverse events report. Of that, 
33,334 deaths, 187,676 hospitalizations, 142,756 urgent care visits, 218,777 doctor office visits, 10,293 anaphylaxis, 16,557 Bell's palsy, over 4,639 miscarriages, 15,970 heart attacks, 26,045 myocarditis or pericarditis, 61,575 permanently disabled, 8,353 thrombocytopenias, 35,666 life-threatening events, 41,912 severe allergic reactions, and 15,251 shingles reports. Now, I was saying earlier that VAERS was actually for all vaccines, right? So the total number of all vaccines reported to date and I believe VAERS has been up for at least since the 80s, is 2,389,636. That makes the COVID reports over 60% of all reported adverse events. In history. In history. Did you know that autism rates have exploded from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 34? Yeah, I heard, oh, 1 in 34, they've already lowered it. I just heard 1 in 40 not too long ago. Since 1989. <sighs> what happened in 1989 to change that? They loosened the vaccine laws, didn't they? Started experimenting on children. And the vaccine schedule grew exponentially. Right, from 16 to 71 or something like right. that. Right. It's just totally out of control. Mm-hmm. Totally out of control. That's where we're at now on our vaccine reports. It's a sad situation with these VAERS injuries. Let's get right into the Damar Hamlin incident, shall we? Oh, yeah, we have to. I don't know how many of you out there have seen this. Mm. I know anybody who pays any attention to sports has. And anybody who pays close attention to news has probably seen this. Um, but on Monday, Monday Night Football, the... Largest viewing TV audience, Monday Night Football. Mm -hmm. This young man went in for a tackle. A shoulder hit him in the chest. He got the tackle, pulled him down, jumped up, and fell back. And he, they, they worked on him for how long? Nine minutes? Nine minutes of CPR. And then they transported him by ambulance. Right. It was shocking, to say the least. The sportscasters were shocked, didn't know what to say. They postponed the game. Some people are saying, well, when are we going to do the replay? Or when, when are we going to get back and finish the game or whatever? And there were some sportscasters that were not too happy with those comments. Right. It was a very sensitive situation. And I thought that actually both on the field sportscasters as well as the in the studio sportscasters, I think they handled it very well. And it appears that the NFL handled it well, too. There were some suspicious things going on, like feds being at the hospital with DeMar. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not sure about that report. So there are some weird things going on. But our, 
our main thing is we just want to pray for his full recovery because, like I said in the opening, I believe that this was a sports-related injury that is very unfortunate. And we do have good news that he is yes. no longer on the breathing tube and actually did a FaceTime video with his teammates and said, thank you, boys. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're hoping for a full recovery. And we heard from the actual preliminary diagnosis of Komodo cordita, something Komodo like that. Cordidus. Yeah, um, is 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 acceptable. It's very possible that happened. Some people are disputing that, but at this point, we are not pointing fingers uh, to a spontaneous heart attack on the field due to a vaccine. We're not. We're not saying that. I'm not saying that. Although he did confess that he had had the shot five days before. Well, yeah, of course. Um, his doctor, it, yeah. it wasn't anything secretive. It wasn't secretive. him, it was his doctor. Yeah, right? it wasn't anything secretive. His doctor came out just right after the incident happened the same evening and said to clear everything up so that there's no question. And I administered his booster shot on the 26th. Yeah. So he did have his booster, so it means he was vaccinated. I did a little bit more research on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly the NFL quarterbacks that refused to take the shot, and you'd be surprised at the list of how many that refused yeah. and still are unvaccinated. But they just had really stringent rules for coming to the training facility and testing rules, and it almost is just like psychological warfare yeah. to where some of them probably gave in. But some of the bigger names, of course, as you know, Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton and Josh Allen, they all said, no, we're not taking it. So, amongst others. Possibly felt they had the power to say no because of how well-known they were. So, these lesser-known players probably didn't feel that they had the power to say no as easily yeah. either. Yeah, that, you know, when you have the franchise tag on your back, you can mm-hmm. you, you kind of control things there. Yeah, but the main thing we want to say here is we're praying for DeMar's full recovery. And we are thankful for the medical personnel that helped treat him instantly and get him to the hospital. And we are appreciative of the way it was handled. So at this point, we are not in any way attacking anyone on this case. We're simply praying for DeMar and pointing out the fact that now more people than ever before in the history of the world are aware of the potential side effects of the vaccination Mm -hmm. because of the rise in publicity on the sudden death about two weeks ago died suddenly the hashtag started trending and it has been in the top list for quite a while and many people have been dying suddenly in fact i think you've got a list of them here or something to cover here right? well this is this is just since december 6th football just says oh well. just football okay. since december 6th okay damar of course tops the list because he's the most recent DeMar didn't die, though. No, it's just he had a heart issue. Yeah, heart attack. Okay. Yeah. So we're making this clear that he is alive and well, at least as well as he can be. Uh, Vital signs are good. He's not on the breathing tube. And he did say a few words to his teammates. So he did not die, and we're praying for his full recovery. Right. That is DeMar Hamlin, the defensive back, 24-year-old from the Bills. Uchi Nawari? Yeah, very good. 38, Jaguars. He had a heart attack? He had died. Mm. He died. Jake Hescock, 25, of the UCF Knights, had a cardiac arrest. He died jogging. He wasn't even playing football. He was out on a peaceful jog. Yeah. Yeah. 
Big tight end. Tough guy. Demetrius Johnson of the Lions. <laughs> Aortic dissection. Hmm. Um, oh, yes. Everybody knows beloved Mike Leach. There was more sympathy for Coach Leach than any coach I think we've seen in ever history. Mm-hmm. And he had a heart attack and died. And then Franco Harris <gasps> of the Steelers. Sudden death. Just uh, died suddenly. No, no other reason. That what? one just shocked me just now. Did you see my reaction? Yes. If you could have had the camera on right now, folks, you would have just seen me shocked. That shocks me. I didn't realize that. And there were others, too. Yeah. This sudden death is, is well, sorry, pardon the pun, but killing people. Killing people. Yep. And it's shocking. And I also discussed this with my friend Nelsina, and I hope she's listening tonight. Hi, Nelsina. Nelsina is our broadcast partner for our agricultural programs. And we were discussing this, you know, like what is worse or what is better? How do you look at it? Is it better to know in advance that a beloved a beloved one is going to die? Or is it better for it just to be done, to be a shocking? It's shocking. That's not good. But is the prolonged death worse, hmm. which, which is... You know, and I think we came to the conclusion that they both have their pros and cons, and you can't really decide. Right. But uh, something to think about, huh? Yep, it sure is. I think it just, it's a lot tougher when you are shocked. I, I just think that as Christians, we can go through a process of dealing with God's will when something terrible happens, uh, if we have time to think about it. It's a lot harder to think about it if it's a shock. Yes. Instant. Yes, it is. So I see you're posting something, and so we're keeping up with that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can go to Digging Deeper TV. That's on Twitter, Digging Deeper TV, the at sign, Digging Deeper TV. Also, that's our hashtag or our at sign, whatever you want to call it, our call sign on Facebook as well. So that's facebook.com slash Digging Deeper TV. You can go there that way. We're on a lot of different mediums, including Medium. We have a Digging Deeper Medium blog, as well as a blog from WordPress, and that's on diggingdeeper.net. You can get all that on diggingdeeper.us. So now we have some more statistics here. Right. Fox News, Tucker specifically, had this report. U.S. life expectancy reaches a 25-year low, according to the CDC. Yeah? Yeah. Life expectancy for people born in the U.S. during 2021 stands at 76.4 years, the lowest on record since 96. Life expectancy for those born in 2019 was 78.8 years. So they are specifically saying that we are losing years on our lives. Yeah. Because of all this mess. I think life insurance companies are probably fit to be tied as well. Probably not paying what they should be paying as they're seeing astronomical increases in death rates. CDC has to share some of its data that's truthful. But, you know, we don't necessarily believe everything they say. But there's another three-letter word that we don't like to talk about. Mm. The WHO. Oh, there's a lot of three-letter words. They should call them four-letter words. Right. <laughs> the f- they're three-letter, four-letter words. So did you know that because we share anti-pharma or anti-vax reports, the WHO, WHO, says we are dangerous? 
Yeah, this is a dangerous channel. This is an alert right now. We would just want to give everybody a, a chance. This is a very uh, dangerous channel to listen to, so be careful. So specifically, WHO shared a video <clears throat> stating online anti-vaccine activism is deadlier than global terrorism. Yeah. Global terrorism. Mm-hmm. He you said, know, the reason why it's more dangerous is because there, we have the numbers, strength in numbers, huh? We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally. Major killing force? Killing force. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a devastating impact of misinformation and disinformation. Yeah, just because we don't follow your narrative. Good grief. Such a clown show. Oh, it really is. Oh, and then if you are on Twitter, you need to follow Kanakoa, Kanakoa the Great. Mm-hmm. You're you follow him, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a prolific writer, and he has released a thread on the Pfizer files. Hmm. And what does it say? Oh, the Pfizer files. What's that all about? Right. Well, you know all the Twitter files that have been released and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's playing off of that. But basically, what he's talking about is Pfizer's corruption. Pfizer has habitually engaged in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bribed physicians, and suppressed adverse trial results. This is no secret, yet this fact continues to be brushed under the rug by politicians and the media. So he's basically pointing out all the facts that point to the fact that Pfizer is the one pulling the strings, not the government, not the CDC, Mm -hmm. but the pharma, big pharma. And in case you missed it, nearly 2 in 10 cows have been injected with an mRNA vaccine and have died almost instantly. (laughs) Dairy farmers, this is no laughing matter. And I know you laugh out of disgust. Yep. But they're actually injecting animals now. And I saw Bill Gates on a video. You did? Yeah, I did. I saw him speaking on it. And he's just talking about how he makes them more efficient animals and this and that. But two in ten are dying. Dairy farmers in Australia are now being forced to inject the gene-altering, get that, gene-altering, mRNA vaccine that contains spike proteins so they could remain in business. Just like in humans, the experimental jabs are causing severe damage to the animals and many of them have died instantly. Independent media portal InfoWars recently reported that 35 out of 200 cows died immediately after being administered the injection. And don't doubt InfoWars because those sources are backed up by other places and I think it was higher than 35 out of 200. But one person named The Architect on Twitter said, Don't you find it odd that sudden adult death syndrome doesn't seem to be affecting politicians? It's literally hitting every demographic but the elites. Do you still believe your leaders took the actual jab? (laughs) Yeah, remember one of the questions that Jen Psaki was asked was, does President Biden's vaccine mandate include Congress? And she said, no, members of Congress are exempt from the vaccine mandate. That is why people know the vaccine mandate was a hoax. Thank you for listening to Vaccine War Headlines, a production of Digging Deeper. Theme music provided to Digging Deeper by Drucifer the Aberrant, Beyond the Pale.